Hey, middle family, it's Reverend Natalie here. We are so glad that you have come to join us for worship. Thank you for coming. Hi, all of you in person. Hi, all of you online. Um, I just have a couple of announcements I wanna share. The uh, Children's Freedom School is in session. It starts this coming week for the second round with our younger children. Um, the last one was amazing. Now, if you're not in person, um, there will be a couple of Zoom labs that Miss Alicia will be holding online. You can sign up for those and get more information on our website. But if you're already signed up for in-person, we cannot wait to see you there this week. Also, um, if you are in the Atlanta area on next Sunday, the 28th, we will be holding um, an in-person meetup. Uh, middle staff member Rachel lives in that area and we are gathering. You should have received an email, so if you have not, Please reach out to us. You can email Rachel directly at rward at middlechurch.org, R-W-A-R-D at middlechurch.org. Please email so that you have all the details. There are about 45 of you out there, so we cannot wait. <laughs> um, I think those are all of my announcements. Uh, we are excited, as you can tell, about how our season is shaping up. I hope you've got homecoming on your calendar, September 25th. Let us get right into worship by taking a deep centering breath together. Come, let us worship God. Okay, good morning, Middle. If you're able, please stand up and join us for the, our first hymn. Even when I don't feel you're working, you're still 
You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see you working. Even when I don't see you working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. turn it over to Ben, who's going to share a message for all ages. Hey there, Sako. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, Reverend Ben. Well, how are you doing today, Sako? Mmm, not so good. Why? What's going on? Well, my parents were watching the news last night, and I heard them talking about how more than 10 states have banned abortion. That's really scary. Yeah, that is really scary, Sako. But can I ask you something? Of course. What's up, buddy? Why do they want to ban abortion? It's about them trying to tell people what they are and aren't allowed to do with their bodies. It's all about control. Have you heard about them trying to ban books from schools and libraries? It's the same thing. They're trying to tell people what they're allowed to think. With abortion, they're trying to tell people what decisions they are and aren't allowed to make about their own health care. That doesn't sound fair. It's not fair. It violates people's rights. At Middle, we believe that every person has the right to bodily autonomy, to make decisions about their own health care and what happens with their bodies. That means you. It means you out there watching. It means every single person. They get to make that choice. And unfortunately, it's not just abortion. There are also a bunch of lawmakers who are trying to pass bans preventing people from living into their gender identities, too. They're taking all these really personal decisions that should be made between people and their families and their God and the people they love, and they're trying to make them into laws and rules. It's really sad. And it's also really dangerous. People are saying all kinds of outrageous things, like trans kids shouldn't be able to play on sports teams with their friends unless people measure what's in their blood. That's gross! Yeah, it is gross. And what's really important to talk about in church is that a lot of people justify that gross stuff by saying that it's what God wants. But today, we're gonna be hearing a story about a woman who comes to Jesus for healing. And you know what? What? Jesus believes her that she knows what her body needs. And he doesn't ask her questions or demand proof that she really needs healing. He just heals her because she asks. And so if people are talking about what God thinks about abortion, I want you to remember and tell them that story. Okay, bud? I will. Great. Now let's sing Siahamba together.
morning, family. As we move into a time of prayer, I want to mention a humanitarian crisis that may be close to your hearts and minds. Many of you have reached out to us at Team Middle over the past couple weeks. And so we want to lift up um, the humanitarian crisis happening right here in our backyards for those of us who are here in New York City. You may be aware that Texas Governor Abbott is provoking busting migrants against their will here to New York. They're being told that signing a form grants consent to be bused out of state is the only way that they can leave detention centers. So they're arriving here every night by the hundreds, not knowing that New York is where they're going to end up, not knowing who is here, if their whole family is here, if they have family. And it is a crisis that is growing more dire every day. There are many mutual aid groups who have stepped up and met this moment with love and compassion and fierce generosity. They are doing an amazing job and they could use our help. And there's a lot of different ways that we can jump in depending on how you're feeling led. If you go to middlechurch.org slash migrants, there is a form that has organized the different needs that on the ground groups have presented to us where you can say, here's where I can jump in. Some of it is going to Port Authority at 6 a.m. and being a welcoming, smiling face for someone coming off the bus. Some of it is donating food, clothing, volunteering to um, spend the night in a house of worship that has said, hey, we've got space. Um, the centers are not uh, welcoming spaces for many of these people, and so we are creatively meeting this moment with fierce love, and we appreciate your help in any way that you can do that. You may um, be glad to know that our children's freedom camp, as Natalie mentioned, kicks off this week, tomorrow, and our children will be putting together care packets um, for the siblings arriving here. And so if you have small toiletry items, masks, hand sanitizers, individually wrapped things, um, let Monique or myself know. If we can get them from you before Tuesday, that'd be amazing. But <laughs> we will continue to think together about how to meet this moment. And we will do that as we continue now in prayer, which will be a song which Natalie and Kaede will lead us. So let us continue to worship in prayer now. Those who
love the sounds of prayer? <laughs> Let's continue praying. If you are able and willing, stand with us as we pray together the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus taught his disciples to pray. There's an inclusive version printed in your bulletin, but we invite you to pray it in whatever language or way is most comfortable to you. Let's continue to pray now, saying, ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, each of us have inside of us the love and justice and peace of our creator, our loving God. So we are going to use this moment now to recognize that in every single one of, that, one of us and to pass that with each other. As we do, we want to say a special hello and peace to all of our online community. We see you on there. We're glad you're worshiping with us. And we have a special group who's gathering today in Prospect Park. Families and little kids and teenagers and caregivers are all running around the park in Brooklyn, which sounds kind of awesome. And they're also worshiping with us online. So hey to all of you all as well in Prospect Park. Friends, may the peace of God be with you.
reading from the book of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. One Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over to him and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and glorified God. The leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days to be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, hypocrites, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath unbind your ox or your donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And shouldn't this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who's Satan bound for 18 years, be unbound from this chain on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were downcast with shame, and the entire crowd was rejoice, rejoicing about all the glorious things that he was doing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I thought I knew this story. <laughs> uh, I had read it many times, and uh, I thought, it's about a woman who seeks out Jesus to be healed. He heals her. He gets yelled at. He yells back. That's the story. So I was prepared to talk about how this woman had pursued her own liberation. And I wanted to say, let's use her as an example and pursue our own liberation too. I knew the story. So I was imagining the woman like, Okay, she's totally bent over. So how is she going to muscle her way toward the front of the line? How many times had she approached Jesus? So, you know, I went back and I, I was looking for where does it give me some clue? Because it doesn't say much, but you know, where does it give me some clue? Uh, well, it turns out I didn't know the story. I'd had a preconceived idea of what the story was. I had not been letting this story tell itself to me. I went into reading the story. I was reading it and rereading it, but I, because I already thought I knew how the story turned out, how it went, I wasn't actually reading the story until I slowed down and looked for where does it say something about how she pursued Jesus, and it didn't. But I also discovered something that I really liked and I really uh, want to talk to you about. And that is that the words uh, that are used in the translation that I used here are that she was crippled by an infirmity. And that is a very good translation. There's nothing wrong with it translation. But there's a more literal meaning that to me is more meaningful. It opens up a lot more for me. And it's that she was a woman with a spirit of no strength. She had a spirit of asthenes, no strength. So maybe she, that meant she was crippled. I mean, certainly that word means like an infirmity. But uh, 
the way I read the passage and the way I look at what Jesus talks about binding, all the words have to do with being bound or unbound. And it says she had a spirit of no strength. She was bent over. I think the woman was just down. I think she was just literally down. And it's no wonder, it's no wonder. It's a hard world to live in sometimes, many times, most of the time. I mean, she had family issues. One can assume relationship issues. One can assume personal challenges. And then there's the world. There's the world we live in. I mean, Salman Rushdie nearly fatally attacked. These Supreme Court decisions restricting how much the government is going to be able to regulate pollutants, that'll bring you down. The Supreme Court decision on uh, gun right, gun restrictions, doing away with most gun restrictions, that'll bring you down. And of course, the infamous Dobbs decision overturning Roe, that'll bring you down. There's plenty, plenty to give us a spirit of no strength. And this poor, dark-skinned woman living in Palestine gathered up just enough strength to have gotten herself out of her modest little home that Sabbath morning to shuffle in, head down, just to be with people and to be with God. So even in a spirit of no strength, there's some remnant of strength there. And what's the turning point in the story? The line that I looked for where she reached out to Jesus said, when Jesus saw her, he called her over to him and said to her, woman, you are set free from your no strength. She was noticed. She was seen. She was worthy of attention. Her Black life mattered to Jesus. He declared that she was not doomed to this spirit forever. She was down, but she was not down for the count. She was bent over, but she was going to rise again. And you know, there's something that does not happen in this little scene. He does not ask her if she's worthy. He presumably knows she's Jewish. She's in a synagogue, but he doesn't say, uh, you're not one of those Pharisees, are you? He doesn't ask for citizenship papers pregnancy tests, and he doesn't say, why didn't you take better care of yourself or this wouldn't have happened to you? No, 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 no. Just like that, by his loving attention, something human and good and warm and joyful makes the place where there is a spirit of no strength gives rise to some strength in her. Just like that. You know, in the 1950s, uh, Martin Luther King took a flight from New York to London and then London to New York. And back in those days, it was a nine-hour flight to London from New York and a 12-hour flight back to New York. So King asked the pilot, what's with this extra three hours we got to sit in this plane? And the pilot explained, 
You got to understand about the winds. When we leave New York, we've got a strong tailwind in our favor. But when we go toward New York, we've got a strong headwind against us. But don't you worry, because we've got four engines that are capable of battling that wind. So King says, you know, it's like that with every movement in life. He said, we should not permit the adverse wind to overwhelm us as we journey across life's mighty political Atlantic. We must be sustained by our engines of courage in spite of the winds, this refusal to be stopped. And I'm going to add that one of those engines, because there's multiple engines, because there's a whole community of middle church, some of us are going to sometimes, maybe a lot of the time, of that spirit of no strength. But we're in it together, and we battle the winds together, and we enjoy when the wind is at our back together. And it can the winds can shift just like that. Just like that, Salman Rushdie, reports say, is alert and awake, and he's got a long road to hoe, but uh, he's apparently cracking some jokes. Just like that, there's a bipartisan group of legislators in Washington that are uh, make, have made legislation that hopefully will pass about how the electoral college vote is done so we don't invite another January 6th. And just like that, the wind at our back, Kansas, votes to protect the right of women to have the choice about what to do with their bodies. But the leader of the synagogue, this religious enabler of oppression in the guise of a holy man, he gets indignant at all this. And the word in the Greek is aga nocteo. And you might hear the word agony in there. Indignant is the best translation, but it's related to the word agony. You know, give me a break. He's in agony. He's the aggrieved one. He makes speeches about how this Jesus character is healing this woman. He makes speeches because he has the right to stop this woman from going to the clinic to protect her reproductive rights. He has cause to claim that these Black Lives Matter protesters are ruining the peace. I do not think so. And Jesus didn't think so. You know, we talked last week in Bible in the Middle about does Jesus, you know, clearly Jesus gets angry, but how much does he get angry and does he go on rants? And I think if you go through and look at the gospel accounts, you're going to notice what makes Jesus angry consistently. And boy, oh boy, it pissed Jesus off when this religious official cared more about abstract ideas of holiness than the wholeness of this woman before him, when he cared more about his idea of how to legislate morality than how to affirm this woman as a child of God, when this so-called religious leader was more interested in controlling when and where this woman can have her health care needs met instead of seeing the no strength in this woman and releasing her from her chains. Boy, oh boy, does that bring out the mama bear energy in Jesus. And it does in the rest of us, and it should in all of us. Hands off, Jesus says, more or less. Hands off people's bodily autonomy. Hands off 
people's reproductive decisions, hands off how people express their gender, hands off our ballot boxes, hands off our country's classified documents, which do not preserve well in tropical environments. Thank you very much. Jesus brings a fierce love to coin a phrase, a love that makes him rail against those who are oppressing the oppressed. I think if you look at what gets Jesus riled up, it's when you have some little bit of power and you use it to keep people in chains instead of releasing them from their chains. And then Jesus calls it because they think nothing of untying their ox on the Sabbath so it can get watered. But this woman bound by a spirit of no strength, she, they want her to remain bound. It's not the right time for you. It's not the right state for you. It's not the right gender for you to demand that their religious ideas matter more than her right to her body. Uh-uh, uh-uh. He ain't having none of that. What we know about this woman is that she came with a spirit of no strength and she left strong and upright and full. What we don't know is when the story is gonna shift in our lives. We don't know when we're gonna be hitting the, if you're going to London and New York, you can predict. On your way to London, you have the wind at the, your back. On your way to New York, you're heading, you're heading into the wind. But in life, we don't know when the winds are gonna shift. We don't know. This woman showed up. She didn't know her, just like I didn't know her story. She didn't know her story either. She went to that synagogue not knowing that she was going to leave completely transformed. And we never know when the winds are going to shift for us. We cannot know. We do not know. And this is how we walk the life of faith. We continue to struggle for the rights of all the, the oppressed and imprisoned and ill and lonely. And it can bring about a spirit of no strength, but we never know when the winds are gonna shift and who will unbind us and how we will become unbound. And this word that's, that's used for unbound is a word that's used in the New Testament to mean forgiveness as well. When we forgive others, we just let the chains drop. When we forgive ourselves, we just let the chains drop. So we keep showing up even when we have a spirit of no strength, because even with this spirit of no strength, she had enough strength to come to where there a wind. She thought there might be a wind at her back. And there it was that day. And just like that, she was strong and free. Hi everyone, I'm Edna Benitez and a member of Middle Church, this incredible community since 2001. It's been a journey and thrilling ride. Many things to say and address, but I'll say this. I believe that Middle Church 
is a place where we refill ourselves. It doesn't matter who you are or how you love or what you love or if you have a religious belief system. You're welcome here. I find that amazing. So um, just go to middlechurch.org and, and see the amazing community groups uh, you can engage in and feel welcome. There are many justice groups. There's many places where we can express ourselves as artists. There are many places where we can learn about the scriptures and the true meaning of Christianity. I've engaged in several of them. For instance, uh, Hablamos is a place where Latinos and Latinas can learn about the culture and engage in the community. The voter reform group is where we can do justice work by letting the people know they have a right. And new to me is the Reparation Task Force, where we can learn the true history and its complexity about slavery and indigenous homicide, because we believe that by knowing the true history, that is where we can, do, we can work through its harm and do something about it. And exciting to me is when the group merges. For instance, when Middle Out Loud merges with the queer black men in the middle, we have an thrilling moment. So join us. There is a place for you. It is the true meaning and the essence of Christianity. See for yourself. Sign up at middlechurch.org and see the new member and join us in the new member classes. And tell us your interests. We want to know that. This community needs you. It needs your gift and its treasure and is what makes this radical movement happen. For a much needed donation, you can use the QR code for Venmo or just go to middlechurch.org slash donate. We have this magical place and it's up to you to keep it going. It's up to me to keep it going. Join me. Thank you. Okay, middle. Next is our Jerry Johnson Gospel Choir singing Strong God, led by our own Ivan Anderson. Actually, he's coming back and he's, he will be with us in our next worship. So let's celebrate with us. Made it, made it. The earth is shaking. Who gonna save the babies? Down at the border, locked in cages. I'm screaming, made it, made it. They say they love me, but they hate me. For my skin color, no justice for Eric Garner, but you say I am your brother. What? Government divides me, telling me that they come to set the people free. But the, but the, the power falls when you catch us on our knees. Tell us the other I said we need a strong God. I said we need the real God. 
of God with the resurrection power from the grave to take away the hate and heal the human race. I said, we need her. We need her. We need her. We need her. They made they made it. They say the climate's changing. The poor people in the cold. But you keep preaching to their soul. Ha, but we won't leave till everybody's free. And what? And we will sing till everybody's free. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Until black lives matter. Uh, more than tax dollars matter. Come on, say it. ushers will come forward, please, if you will stand as you are able. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the offering today. 
Now, God, give us the boldness and the confidence to use these gifts to stand on the side of freedom and justice and love all over the world, in this community and in all communities. It is in the name of love that is also power, we pray. And together with me, say amen. 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 Remain standing, and we're going to sing together our closing hymn. Thank you. as Reverend Catherine asked us to ask, how is your spirit? Ask that question as you leave from this space, and as you do, you may remember what the prayers and the spirit and the preaching of the songs have taught us today, that there is a way maker for us, that there is a strong God always surrounding us, that there is light within each of us that can shine, and as we go, we ask, do we want cages or wings? I think we know that God gives us wings. So go in peace. Amen. Amen.